You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the first Sunday after the Epiphany, January 10, 2021, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. Hey, I don't know what child is, but I don't know what you do. 
wise and not fools, give their hair as And once they finish their visit with the child, they find another way home. The hair is his grave. Words that all children two years and under, in and around Bethlehem, should be put together. The role of the brutal child, driven by fear and rage and insecurity, and determined to hold on to power at all costs, is an important part of the Epiphany story. Let's bookmark that part of the Epiphany story and travel back a few days to last Wednesday, January the 6th. Which, in what is perhaps a cosmic coincidence, although that's certainly not for me to say, was the Feast of the Epiphany. The beginning of this season of light, of illumination, discovery, of revelation. I won't dwell over long on the events of our nation's capital that day. We've all watched the pictures and videos, heard the news accounts, seen the skin of various cable networks and social media platforms. And we mourn the loss of five lives, five lives, including one brave capital police officer in this chaotic storm. What I want to draw our attention to is the appearance of crosses and banners proclaiming Jesus saves and Confederate flags proudly carried by some among the riders, many of whom were armed to the chief. Contrast those images now with the images of the epiphanies. God coming into the world with a helpless infant, God being born into a nation, being persecuted by the forces of empire, and also by their own rulers, brutal Herod and his supporters and enablers. So as we hold these epiphany images before us, one from 2,000 years ago, another from last Wednesday, may we ask ourselves, whether those riders carrying crosses and Jesus saves banners and Confederate flags and guns, or friends of the babe in the manger, or were they friends of parents? Were they driven by fear and rage and insecurity, or by love and mercy and hope? Which leads to another question. Where does real power True power, lasting power, the power to change the world, love. Does a lot of the man gun and a Confederate flag? Does a lot of the man hanging on a cross? Does real power lie with rage and violence and force? Or does it lie with compassion and humility and mercy? What does real power look like when it's colored by humility and love and mercy rather than entitlement and rage and fear? There's yet another epiphany image for us to consider this morning. That babe in the manger is right on. And what we meet in this morning is coming to the river Jordan to be baptized by his cousin, John Baptist. John's told the crowd that he offers a baptismal repentance on water. 
says, the one who comes after him, the one more powerful than he, will offer a baptism of the Spirit. And so Jesus shows up, steps into the water, and as he emerges from the water, something amazing happens. The heavens are torn apart, and the Spirit descends like a dove on him. Then a voice from heaven is heard to say, This is my Son, the Beloved. With Him I am well pleased. In this moment, all creation is split in two. Creation is torn apart. Something new is being born. Now that tear and fabric of creation comes to God. A dove that doesn't simply land on Jesus. No, the Greek word that's used here is "ate oton." It implies that the Spirit came into him. Jesus has been infused with God's Spirit. The whole creation has changed. That which is seen and that which is unseen. There's another Greek word we want to attend to here. The word metanoia. It's trans- uh, translated into English as repentance. But it really means a whole lot more than just saying I'm sorry. Metanoia means change. It means transformation. It means conversion. It means turn your life around so something new. Step. And that will lead to the knowing of our 
the state of the church in these perilous days is a man named Michael Burson. He's a conservative evangelical who was formerly the chief speechwriter for President George W. Bush. So I can assure you, he is no liberal ideal. As he watched the events unfold in the Capitol Wednesday, he was particularly appalled by the presence of crosses and Jesus' sage banners side by side with Confederate flags and guns. In the following Friday's Washington Post, Mr. Gerson had some observations about the way forward for the church, and particularly the evangelical church, his own church, that bear repeat. Mr. Gerson writes, The collapse of one disastrous form of Christian social engagement should be an opportunity for the emergence of a more faithful one. And there are plenty of potent, hopeful Christian principles lying around and used by most evangelicals. A consistent and comprehensive concern for the weak and vulnerable in our society, including the poor, immigrants, and refugees. A passion for race reconciliation and criminal justice reform rooted in the non-negotiable demands of human dignity. A deep commitment to public and global health, reflecting the priorities of Christ's healing ministry. An embrace of political stability is a civilizing form. A commitment to the liberty of other people's religions, not just our own. An insistence on public honesty and a belief in the transforming power of unarmed truth. What would America be like if he said in the priority of evangelical Christians over the past four years? Or over the past four decades? means something very different in that world, the rage of power, Jesus says. This heartfelt diagnosis and prescription, it seems to me, applies not just to Mr. Gerson's tribe and the evangelical wing of the church, but it applies to our tribe too. It applies to the whole church. It applies to Episcopalians, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Methodists, Roman Catholics, all of us. And me, my dear friends, most especially, it applies to me. This is a prescription for living out the faith of Jesus. It's a prescription for being Christ to the world. It's our baptism of repentance and the Holy Spirit. In action. In this epiphany season, this time of illumination, this is real, concrete work we can all own. May the light of Christ illuminate all the nations and each one of our lives. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.